So thank you, Father Thomas, for talking about the light. I want to connect the reason why we are reading this specific epistle reading and gospel reading on this Sunday, and it is in commemoration of all those bishops and priests and deacons and monks, 630 of them that met in 451 in Chalcedon for the Fourth Ecumenical Council. So these readings are to bring to mind what they accomplished and why they accomplished it. And I specifically want to focus as well on the gospel. It's because of them and those like them that we read this particular reading where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Why do we consider these 630 holy fathers to be lights of the world in imitation of Christ who is the light of the world? They took the faith that had been handed to the apostles and to the disciples of the first generation of Christians that had been faithfully lived and practiced, kept in its entirety, and handed down to the next generation of believers who came after them, their children. Those who became Christian because of their witness, who never physically saw Christ, but they saw Christ in that first generation of believers. And then on and on, down generation after generation, through the centuries, all the way until the fifth century. And so when these holy fathers were confronted by something that wasn't right concerning God, the Trinity, and the person of Jesus Christ, and the Christian life, Because they had received the entirety of what Jesus had passed on to his disciples, and because those faithful men and women and children had kept that faith intact all the way until these people, they could then examine this false teaching based on the fullness of truth. And so with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, because they themselves were filled with grace, because they experientially knew who Jesus was, because they had the right faith to practice, they were able to discern and articulate not something new, not a new revelation, but what had been held everywhere at all times by all in the church right up until their day. And if we were to read the minutes of that council, we might think, these guys are splitting hairs. What does it matter? Is it really that big of a deal? And I want to read to you something further that comes in this gospel. Truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not a iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what the main issue was at the Fourth Ecumenical Council put in very simple terms? Did Jesus, the person, have a divine nature? Did he have a human nature? What was the relationship between his divine nature and his human nature? Was the divine nature so powerful because it's divine? Did it swallow up the human nature or make it less human? Was the human nature, because we share that human nature and it's created, did it lessen by its association with the divine nature? The divine nature. What was the relationship? There were some out there in the empire who were saying that Jesus had only one nature. Do you see what I'm saying? We could talk about this, and you might say, what does it matter? But Jesus says it matters. St. Gregory the theologian says, if, God is not, if Jesus is not divine, then we cannot be saved. If he is human, then there is a part of us and our humanity, if he is not fully human, then there's a part of us and our humanity that has not been healed, that has not been sanctified, that has not been saved by its union with God's divine nature. That which was not assumed in Jesus' incarnation cannot be saved, is what St. Gregory the theologian said. But this is what it means. And so they stood up. And they said, even though this is in the details, in the weeds, it matters. Our salvation will be affected if we do not uphold the fullness of truth. If we do not defend every T and every I, uh, every dot over the I. Today, my dear brothers and sisters, it still matters. Not just the theology Although, without true theology, it's like sailors on the ocean in antiquity not having a North Star. It's like those same sailors being off over a distance by just a degree. Or being lost in the Rocky Mountains without GPS. Okay? It matters. It's life or death. Now, I want to bring it down to a more practical level for us. You saw Father Thomas gather the children. I saw one pregnant woman who will be delivering a new baby. I see a babe in arms back there, a couple babes in arms. Every generation is only one generation away in terms of Christian extinction. The witness that we have for those who are younger than us is hugely significant. I want you to look at the world, society, the fallenness of it. Is it tethered to God or is it untethered? Is it drawing closer to God and His church and its teachings, or is it drifting quickly away? 
And you take these children and you, you drip them in the marinade of a fallen society and the pressures of their peers and their teachers and all of the false teachings constantly around them, buzzing in their ears, in their minds, in their thoughts, in their schoolwork, in their homework, amongst the social pressures of their friends. Year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day, you don't think that that is going to have a powerful influence over these kids? But who has them seven days a week? Not 24 hours a day, but seven days a week. Who, who is the person that sets the tone and the culture in the home? My dear brothers and sisters, our children are hardwired to take their values from us, their parents, and their grandparents. Even more than their teachers, way more than their friends, even though it doesn't seem that way, they are looking to us. What do my parents believe? Not just what they say. What do they do? How do they live? What do they value? How do they make their decisions in life? What happens at the dinner table? What happens between my mom and my dad? Would they think that I'm not there or I'm not watching or I'm not listening? We not just the 630 fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council, we are called to be lights in the world and primarily to our own children. Now look at all the empty chairs. I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm saying if we in the 21st century do not go against the current if we don't prioritize our time in a way that we know is God-pleasing, if we don't uphold the truth and expect our children to uphold the truth and parent them instead of trying to be their friends, if we don't value God and His kingdom more than we value recreation, then what are our children going to value? I'm going to close with a, saying, a statement that Patriarch Demetrios of Blessed Memory said when he came to Washington, D.C. to the clergy laity congress that was being held by this archdiocese. He gathered the clergy, their wives, and their children, which is a typical gathering of the archbishop with the families of the clergy. And then Patriarch Demetrios said, my dear brothers and sisters and children, God has called you to imitate the angels who stand before the throne of God so that your people will have someone to follow who is a light in the world, meaning we clergy. Because if you live like the world and then your people follow that example, they will live like demons. Think about that statement. I say the same thing to you as parents and grandparents and adults. Imitate the angels. Imitate the saints. Imitate those who have gone before you who cared about the details of what Jesus taught, who he was, and how he lived. Do not compromise it because your children are marinating in a fallen society. 
and the influences over them are powerful, just as they are over us. And they need you not to be hidden under a lampstand or under a bushel, but to be held up high as a beacon of light, as a guiding light in the midst of that darkness. You need to be like Christ so that your children will imitate the angels and the saints who passed on the faith from one generation to the next to this present day. We are seeing unprecedented numbers of our Orthodox Christians leave the church because of a lack of witness of those of us who are in the church and because of the pressures of a fallen world all around them. Let's make a commitment to ourselves, to God, and to one another that we will be lights in the world. Even in the middle of summer, we will be lights of the world to our children so that they have someone to follow, that they will see Christ in us, and they will have a way to navigate their way through the darkness of this fallen society. May this be true for all of us. Amen. Amen.